Psalms 56 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me, O thou most high. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Every day they rest my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather themselves together. They hide themselves. They mark my steps when they wait for my soul. Shall they escape my iniquity? In thine anger cast down the people, O God. Thou tellest my wanderings. Put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? When I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. In God will I praise his word. In the Lord will I praise his word. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living. Father, I pray tonight that you'll give us liberty. I pray that you'll give us vocabulary. I pray that you'll touch us tonight. Lord, help us to not do or say anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit. I pray tonight that we would have a right spirit, a right attitude, and may we glorify you uh, through the Word of God tonight. I pray that you'll uh, work through us tonight, and may you be uh, lifted up in our midst. Help us now. We'll love you and praise you, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to preach on this subject a few minutes tonight on when fear meets faith. Amen? When fear meets faith. When you think about Psalms chapter 56, uh, you can read when you go back home. If you'll read 1 Samuel chapter 21 and verses 10 through 15, I'm sure you're familiar with the story uh, where that David goes down to Gath. He goes down to the very place that he killed Goliath and he goes down there. And I've often wondered when I would read that text why David would go to Gath. Of all the places he's running from Saul and you would think if there was any one place I would not want to hide from Saul, it would be amongst the Philistines. Amen. I mean, he just killed Goliath a few chapters earlier. And when you think about that, uh, if there was any place that David would not be popular, it would be in the uh, in Gath. But David goes down there. They recognize him for who he is. He acts like a madman and they put him out on the run. You know the story there in 1 Samuel 21 verses 10 through 15. And it was through there that David wrote Psalms chapter 56. And when we come to this psalm tonight, I I think one answer to that question as to why David would go to Gath is because that David at that point was not operating in faith he was operating in fear amen and if you go back and look at his life as he is running through from Saul and as Saul is chasing after him there are times in David's life when he exercises great faith and then there's times in his life that he, he exercises fear and I want to say I'm glad that God wrote this book I'm glad that he put that in there I'm glad that he didn't just give us the good things out of a man's life, but he let us see both the positive and the negatives for knowing that you and I would relate to those things. I'll be the first one to raise my hand tonight and say that sometimes when trouble's on my trail or when heartache has come my way, there's some days I operate in fear and there's some days I operate in faith. I don't want to ever operate in fear, but it comes sometimes in all of our life. I know the Bible says that whatsoever is not a faith is sin. Isn't that 
right? And brother, listen, the Bible says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so it's not the will of God that you and I ever worry or live in fear. But yet that is the flesh, amen? And sometimes the flesh will overtake you. So David is running from Saul. And he writes this psalm here because he's a man that is battling fear in his life. Well, what happens in Psalms 56 is that you find out that the more David pours his heart out to God, the more that David begins to to lay his complaint out before the Lord, the more that fear begins uh, begins to die, begins to go away, and faith begins to come on the scene. You know what that tells me tonight? It tells me that when you and I will just simply take our burdens to the Lord and we'll leave it there and we'll pray about it and we'll tell God not only the burden, but we'll tell God where we're at and what we're going through. Now you know God knows where we're at. He knows what we're going through. But yet when we express ourselves in prayer and we tell God what is in our heart, fear begins to go away and faith begins to overtake our life. Amen. Brother, prayer will build faith in our life. And so David is doing that in Psalms 56. And there's three things I want to show you tonight in this psalm concerning David and what he finds out about the Lord when fear leaves his life and faith begins to come in. The first thing that David finds in these early verses of this psalm here is he finds that God is merciful. Amen. Look what he said in verse number one. He said, be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me, O thou my most high. He said, David is realizing that, uh, that his enemies are more than what he can handle. I want to stop and say tonight, our enemies are more than what you and I can handle. Amen. You say, preacher, who is our enemies tonight? We've got three major enemies tonight. We've got the world, the flesh, and the devil. Hey, can I tell you tonight, you and I are absolutely no match for any of the three. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. It doesn't matter how much Bible you can quote. It doesn't matter how long you've been in a good church and thank God for that. Those are all commendable things tonight. But I'm here to tell you, at our very best, we are no match for the devil. We are no match for the world tonight. And we're no match for this flesh. Amen. But I'm telling you, the only reason you and I have made it thus far, even though them enemies are bigger than we are, it's not because of what we've done. It's because of what he has done. Amen. And what David is doing in these early verses is he's not remembering David, but he's remembering the mercies of God that has aided him and sheltered him and helped him through the good times and through the bad. Amen. Boy, I'm glad that God is merciful tonight. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. Amen. I'll tell you what God does every morning. Just like the dew that falls on the ground and washes away the dust from yesterday and it washes away all the dr- the drudgery from yesterday. Just like that dew being fresh in the morning time and you step out on the porch and you can smell it. Amen. In the morning hours, that freshness of the morning, that's the way God's mercy is. You may have, listen, you may have fumbled up and messed up and you may have done a lot of things today and listen, have to get on your knees tonight and say, God, I'm so sorry. 
at my best. I've just failed you. I've come up short. But I'll tell you what God will do in the morning time. He'll wake you up in the morning. He'll wipe the slate clean. Amen. He'll give you another opportunity. Do you know that every sunrise is God giving you and I a clean slate and another opportunity to make right what we didn't do yesterday. Amen. I want to say thank God for every day that he gets me up in the morning. For every day that he wakes me up and lets me live another side, a day this side of eternity. That is the mercy of God tonight. Amen. And God is merciful, isn't he? Brother, I'm glad that when justice called, mercy answered. I'm glad I've not got what I deserved. Amen. I'm telling you, I don't deserve anything tonight, but God has been merciful to me. He's been merciful to my family. He's been merciful to our church. He's been merciful to our nation. I'm telling you, he's been merciful to this generation. God's been merciful, my friend. I'm talking about around this world, the mercy of God is new every morning. Amen. And I'm thankful David said, I learned that when I've got more enemies than I can count, he said, I've learned that God is merciful. Think about all the sins of David's life, and we don't know all the sins of David's life. But we know that David was a spiritual man, wasn't he? He's a sweet psalmist, David. But David was also not just a spiritual man. He was a sinful man. Brother, I don't want to highlight David's sins tonight. I don't want anybody highlighting my sins. But David was spiritual on one side, but he was sinful on the other. You say, well, I don't understand all that. And I'll tell you the equation between the two is very simple. Is that David was such a spiritual man that whenever David fell into sin, he knew immediately that God was right and he was wrong and he repented over that sin and because of that, God showed him mercy. You know, tonight, God will show mercy to anybody that'll truly repent over their sin and realize that they are wrong and that God is right. He'll give them mercy. But the problem in our day many times is people want to whitewash their sin or they want to cover their sin up or they want to blame somebody else for their sin they want to act like it's not sin I'm going to tell you something God will not help somebody that's trying to clean their sin up amen you say well preacher I, I can't really get right with God what do I need to do you need to come clean you need to come clean with God and just admit it just ask God just write all the sins down you can think of and confess them to God you know what? You can get right with the Lord. I asked a man last night. I talked to him. I said, uh, Jesse, I said, let me ask you a question. I said, are you right with God? And he looked at me and he said, what does that mean? You would think anybody in America would know what that means. I said, well, I'll tell you what it means, Jesse. I said, number one, it means you're, you've been born again. You're saved. He said, I don't know anything about that. I said, well, it also means that you can pillow your head at night and know that you got peace with God. And he dropped his head and he said, I, I don't have peace with God. I want to tell you tonight, had it not been for the mercy of God and his grace, you and I would be just like Jesse tonight, wouldn't we? I'm praying for him to get saved. I hope if I ever see him again this side of eternity or on the other side, I hope, he's, I hope he gets born again. I, I try to give him some kind of a, 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 to someone that could help him and, and could talk to him. But I want to tell you tonight, friend, listen, it, it's just by the mercies of God that you and I are even sitting where we're sitting at tonight. And that ought to be enough to make every one of us shout, amen. Doesn't matter what kind of day or week we've had. It doesn't matter how bad things have been in our life. I, I'm not going to hell as the choir sings. I, 
I can peel my head tonight and know that it doesn't matter if my whole world's a crashing in. When this life is over with, I'll see you on the other side. If you've been born again, that's the mere mercy of God. If he never did anything else in our life, if he never blessed us again, if he never came by our way again, we can thank him for the mercy of salvation in our life. What about the mercy of the sanctuary tonight? That God's put you in a good church. Not a perfect church. As I said Sunday, not a sinless church. But I'm glad we're in a place where we can feel God's presence. I would not want to be a member of a church where, where it was dead and dry and there was no presence of God. I wouldn't want to go to a church where uh, they preached and, and it was opinionated and it was ideas and theology. Uh, preaching doesn't have to be uh, terrific. It doesn't have to be something great and something wonderful. It just needs to be the Bible. Amen. And I believe if it's the Bible and God touches it, it'll help us. Amen. But you know what I'm saying, friend? We're living in a time when they're trying to get up and pull a rabbit out of the hat every Sunday and do something that'll just get the crowd back the next Sunday. And I'll tell you what will bring people back. It's the Word of God. Amen. It'll, if you're saved, it'll draw you in. If you're lost, it'll put you under conviction. And if you don't do something about it, I hate this. Preaching will put you on the road. Amen. We don't want anybody to be on the road. You know that tonight. But I'm telling you, friend, the old saying is, you either get in, get out, or you get run over. Amen. It's one of the three. But it's what you do with the word of God tonight. And David is saying, God is merciful. And then David tells us here that not only is God merciful, but he says God is mindful. Amen. He said, what time I'm afraid, I'll trust in thee. In God, I will praise his word. In God have I put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. He talks about the enemy. Every day they rest his words. All their thoughts are against him for evil. He said they gather themselves together and hide themselves and they mark his steps that they might wait for his soul. But I want to drop down here and I want you to notice what he said in verse number nine or verse number eight. He said, thou tellest my wonderings. Thou puttest thou my tears in thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? God has his tears and he has them in his book. Amen. He said in verse number nine, he said, when I cry unto thee, then shall my enemy turn back. He said, this I know, for God is for me. Amen. You know what David says in verse eight and nine? He said, not only is God merciful, but God is mindful. God knows where I'm at. He knows what I'm going through. He knows who I am tonight. Well, that's the God that we serve. Amen. I'm glad that he knows our name and he knows our address. He knows our rising up and he knows our sitting down. He knows every mountaintop and every valley that we ever go through. He knows those that have stood with us and those that have walked away from us, but yet he's been faithful every step of the way. What I'm saying tonight is David said this. He said, there's one thing I know. Doesn't matter how bad it gets. Doesn't matter how many turn against me. He said, I know that God is for me tonight. Can I tell you something? Songwriter said this. How can we lose the battle when we have God on our side? And tonight, if you got God, friend, you got the majority. Is that right? Brother, I'm telling you, David had the whole kingdom out looking for him. He had everyone, Saul, had turned the whole palace out after him. And every time Saul thought he was just within a grasp, God would do something and move David out of the way. Listen, Saul threw a javelin at him uh, three times and he missed every single time. Saul was a perfect, perfect marksman. Saul hit the bullseye every time. But yet there was one bullseye that Saul could not hit and that was David. No matter how hard he studied and tried, there was somebody got the end of that arrow. There was somebody that was four days 
David and Saul could not win. It didn't matter if he did have an army and David didn't have but a few ragtag men. David had an unseen hand that was going before him and going behind him. I'm going to tell you something. The devil outnumbers every one of us tonight. The world outnumbers every one of us tonight. I'm glad I can raise my hand in 2019 and say that God is for me. There's one thing I know. Thank God. I'm on the winning side. Hallelujah. I'm on the side, thank God, that's never failed. I'm on the side that's never lost. There's an unseen hand that goes before me and he goes behind me and thank God he's with me tonight. Amen. Isn't it good to know God is mindful of you? You know he's merciful towards you if you know he's mindful of you. I'm glad that he knows, as Job said. You remember what Job said in Psalms 23, or in Job 22, 23? He said, I go forward, but I cannot find him. He said, I go backward, and he's not there. He said, on the left hand, he's not there. On the right hand, he's not there. But then he said, but he knoweth the way that I take. Amen. Job, if you can't find him, how do you know? Job said, because, just because I don't know where he is, it doesn't mean he doesn't know where I am. I want to tell you tonight, sometimes I can't find what God is and what God's doing. But just because I can't see him, that doesn't mean he can't see me. I'm glad he can see me and he can see you tonight. He knows where we're at and he takes care of us. He is mindful of us tonight. He said God is merciful, God is mindful. And then David says this, God is magnified. Look what he said in verse number 10. He said, in God will I praise his word. In the Lord, notice this, will I praise his word. In God have I put my trust. You, I'll tell you what you ought to underline in verse number 10 or what you ought to circle. Is that little phrase, his word. David said, in God will I praise his word. In the Lord will I praise his word. I'm going to tell you why that's so important right there. Is because David cannot go on his feelings in Psalms 56. He don't feel too good right now. He can't go on circumstances because they look very, very dark in his life. Things are really bad. God is pushing David. You say, what do you mean? He's going to make him a king, but before he makes him a king, he's got to tread through some really dark times in life because God knows if he's going to be the king that he wants him to be, he's got to learn something that Saul never did learn, and that is that David can't do things in his own will, in his own way. He's got to learn that even no matter how things look, you've got to take the word of God and trust the word of God. Can I tell you something tonight? It doesn't matter where you're at. What you and I have to learn in our life is that we have to learn that there's only one thing in life that we can really take to the bank of trust. And you know what it is? It's this book that God gave us. Amen. God didn't give us an angel. God didn't give us some miracle to hold on to the rest of our life. I'm going to tell you what God gave us. He gave us a Bible. Amen. And God said everything you need for life and for raising your children and missing hell and gaining heaven and enjoying the pleasures of life is found in my book. And God said if you'll just take my word and if you'll trust it and if you'll obey it and if you'll believe it God said it will never 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 fail you or let you down you know I thank God for the day God saved me and there, don't please don't misunderstand what I'm saying I say this sometimes because I want to help church kids I think tonight thank God for the experience of salvation but we're not charismatics tonight 
What I mean by that is there's nothing wrong with getting up and shouting about the experience. I love to hear Brother Barnes tell about the day God saved him like he did tonight. And I hope he keeps on telling it because it blesses me, brother, when you do that. But what I'm saying tonight is, and I know he would agree with this statement, and so would others tonight, is that the experience is wonderful. But the reason the experience is wonderful is because he's not putting faith in an experience, amen. His faith is in that book, amen. And that book makes that experience good, amen. Now I want to tell you, friend, some of you tonight that's been raised in church and you're up one day and down the next about your salvation, listen, you're going to have to quit trusting an experience uh, and you're going to have to take God at his word. If you did what God said and you know God spoke to you and he told you you was lost and you needed to be saved and the best way you knew how, you asked him to be your savior hey friend if you trusted him and you put your faith in him that's good enough to go to heaven on friend that's better than an experience amen because experiences come and they go but thank God I know I'm saved tonight because the Bible tells me that I'm saved hallelujah for a book that's alive and it assures you that you've been born again amen when I read verses like this, it says, uh, says, brethren, we know that we pass from death unto life because we love the brethren. That tells me I'm saved. Amen. When I read 1 Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes desiring the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby like that baby hungering for that milk of the word of God, that tells me that I'm saved. Amen. And when I read Romans 8, that says as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. I can see where that's true in my life. Amen. And I know that I'm saved. When I read Romans 10 and verse 13, for whosoever, I'm a whosoever, amen, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, I've called upon the name of the Lord, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, amen I want to tell you friend, even if I could forget, and even if I do forget one day my memory fails there is one that is keeping a record tonight, and I know whom I have believed in, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him again against that day, amen. Brother, I'm telling you, the word of God will not fail you. The more the Bible you read and the more the Bible you know, the more free you're going to live, amen. There's victory in the word of God tonight. The man in Psalms 1 is so blessed. The Bible says he's like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Why is that man so blessed? If you only take verse 1, You've missed, the, you've missed the main ingredients. He said, well, preacher, don't you think it's in, the Bible said, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the sea of the scornful. And that's true. But the reason that man is not doing those things in verse number one is because of verse number two. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. So I've seen people try to separate from the world, but they didn't have anything on the inside. And they got miserable and mean and nasty because all they had was religion. But when you got Jesus on the inside and you pull out from the world and you pull into this book, let me tell you something, you won't never, never, never want to go back to the world again. You know why? Because this is too good. Y'all with me tonight? His delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night. That's why he's like a tree planted by the rivers of water and he's bringing forth his fruit in his season. Why? He's separated from the world but he's saturated in the word of God. He's buried himself in the pages of God's word. Listen, David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. David's magnifying the word. The Bible said he's magnified his word above his name. I'm here to tell you tonight if we'll lift the word of God up in our life, it'll bring victory and God God will be praised and God will be magnified in our life. 
How much Bible do we know tonight? I would have to raise my hand tonight and say, not enough. Not enough. You know, I never read enough. I've never read enough. Never read till I was full. I mean, I reckon I've been filled up, but I've never read enough to say, well, I've got to stop there. <laughs> no, I've never pushed away from the table and said, I can't, I can't handle any more of it. Always room for more of God's Word. The Bible said in the book of Colossians, let the Word of God dwell in you richly. That means let it be buried deep inside of you. Be filled with the Word of God. You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I'll tell you to be how to be filled with the Holy Spirit is be filled with the Holy Scriptures tonight. Let the Word of God, Peter said, gird up the loins of your mind. How do you gird up? When they gird up, that means they, they tied up, they strapped up them loins, didn't they? Tighten them up. How do you do that? You do it through the Word of God. Amen. You want a clean mind and a clean heart, you listen, baptize it in the Word of God every day. Amen. Saturate your mind. The Bible says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word of God's a faith builder in our life. The more the Bible we read, the more faith we have. The more faith we have, the more fear leaves our life. Many times the reason fear is present in our life, if we check back, it might be because maybe we've not read enough of that word. Or maybe we've read it, but we've not really listened to it. Or we've not trusted in it. I'll be the first to tell you, there have been times in my life, maybe get up sometime and distracted about something or have some burden on my mind, you know, that I can't seemingly get off my mind and I'll start my Bible reading and guess what? I'll read four or five chapters and not even remember anything. Anybody ever done that? Boy, I'm glad for all them hands. I've read four or five chapters and thought, now what in the world was I reading? And the Holy Spirit would say, you should have prayed before you read. Sometimes I have to go back and reread some things. Amen. Say, Lord, help me get this off my mind tonight. Lord, help me get this fear out of my heart tonight. I want to say to you tonight, just like David, he said, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. David, what are you trusting in? I'm trusting in the word of God. He said, I'll render praise. You know, tonight, you and I could, we could praise God for a lot of things. And there's nothing wrong with this. We could praise him for our house, our cars, our the material blessing. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. And we should thank Him for what He's given us. And we can praise Him for our family tonight. And we ought to thank Him for those things. The truth is tonight that any of those things can be subtracted from our life at any moment. We could lose any of those things. There's one thing tonight that we can praise Him for that will never be subtracted. When you come to the end of life's journey, what are you trusting in? Brother Blue, y'all seen that video? I'm sure many of you have. I saw it the other day. He's singing that old song, He'll Hold My Hand. One of them old hymns. He's raising that hand, praising God. You know what that is? That's faith in the Word of God. Went by and saw him Saturday and we had prayer together. And uh, we got through praying. He said, God bless you. He said, I love you. He said, I'm praying for you. Probably the last time I ever seen him down here. But I thought to myself, Lord, that's how I want to die. I want to die full of faith. I thought about Brother Cape when he died. He said, he said, pray God will touch this old body, this old frail body that I can preach one more time. <laughs> He's fixing to check out. You know what that is? That's a hunger for the Word of God. Don't you want to die like that? Amen. 
The Word of God won't let you down, even on a Wednesday night. The Bible's good. Amen. Brother, I love the Bible, don't you? I'm telling you, listen, they can have their rock bands. They can have their flashy lights. They can have their fog machine. None of that stuff helps me. None of that stuff entices me tonight. I'm going to tell you what helps me on a Wednesday night after a hard day or a hard week. It's that old book, amen. It'll see you through the precious old Bible, God's wonderful book, divine. Let's stand tonight.